Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Tuesday, and that means it is another day for podcasts, which means I have another guest, and my guest this, uh, my guest today is joining me from the United Kingdom. But before we get there, if you're new to the, if you're new to the show, you can tell it's been the weekend. Like I'm never fresh on a Tuesday. Like you, you would th- think I should be, but no. So if you're new to to the show. If you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and share. Don't keep this great information to yourself because we are going to wow you like we do every single show. So the premise of the show is about overcoming obstacles, about defying the odds, getting deep into the backstory of my guests and how they were able to amass the successes that they have today. So if that resonates with you, stick around. This is the right show for you. If it doesn't resonate with you, stick around and we'll change your mind. And if you don't know who I am, let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. It starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again all that stuff I was like you know what like I want to be able to take this even bigger if you know why you do what you do you have to know how to charge for what you do that's how you're going to change your life and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family you gotta know your work and that's me all right so now for today's teachable moment I want you to go to a mirror and I want you to look yourself in the eyes and I want you to compliment yourself, like truly, truly compliment yourself because it's so easy for us to beat ourselves up, to talk about our shortcomings, to talk about about our failures. We don't spend enough time complimenting ourselves, the things that you do well, the things that you excel at, the things you are great at, things that maybe you're not doing that you want to be doing. Stop focusing on those positives. And then you're going to watch things shift. So as we get into the main topic today, one of the themes is going to be learning to love your business again. And that was something that I had to go through. Those of you that watch the story on the regular, you know my journey of how I went from managing restaurants into the fitness business. Like it wasn't supposed to be. So as it grew, as it grew, I had hundreds of clients. I was making way more money than I ever thought I would. But something was still missing. Because, again, that wasn't the game plan. And then I ended up having a nasty breakup with some business partners and just left a sour taste in my mouth. And I, I, I never resented my clients. I loved my clients. I still love my clients. But I absolutely hated the business aspect of it. And I hated that I let it do it to me. And so I had to definitely relearn to love what I was doing again and realize that even though it wasn't the plan because fitness started out as a hobby for me, but the universe had a bigger plan for me. So they, they put me where I belong instead of me trying to think that I should be doing here or I should be there. I was right where I needed to be. 
and what I needed to be successful was already in place. I just had to re-embrace it, learn to love it again. And now here we are. And so my guest today, we're going to go deeper because he is the expert. I can just share some lived experience, but he's the expert. And who is this guest? Okay, He helps business owners implement clear strategies to use their time more effectively. I know I really suck at that. And concentrating on your ideal client, getting rid of bad habits, and focusing on the bigger picture. Learn to love your business again. Please welcome to the show, Andy Gallo. Andy. Hello, Robert. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, how's life over there in the UK? It's very good. It's not bad at the moment. We are in our autumn, so it's beginning to go dark early at night. So it's four o'clock here and the sun's gone down and it's about to go dark. So we're all getting into that habit of waking up in the dark and, yep. you know, in the dark bits. So that's, it's a bit of a downer for a lot of people at this time of year, but it's just one of those things that we have to get used to and we get on with. So yep. just yeah. another obstacle. Yeah. Our clocks just went back this, this weekend too. So same thing here, although it's yeah. 11 a.m. here, but yeah. see, <laughs> Same thing. Sun starts going down at like three, three forty-five. I want to say there's black by five. It's never good. Never good. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, onward and upward, right? What can you do? You can't change it. So, all right. So, are are you originally from from the UK? I am. Yes. Um, I live about thirty minutes away from Liverpool, um, okay. and so that's an area I've lived in all my life. Yeah. Okay, that's where where the Titanic was from, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were built around there, and um, yeah, so okay. quite a famous history, Liverpool. So. Nice. Yeah, I was actually supposed to go to the UK. This was in was it was it twenty twenty maybe twenty 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 nineteen. The um, I donated a kidney to my sister, and there's a there's a a competition called the Transplant Games. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and the the World Trans <laughs> Transplant Games was in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was 2019, but I ended up not going, obviously. And so the 2020, the 2021 games this year was supposed to be in Houston, Texas. So I was like, perfect, because it's here in the States. And then <laughs> here comes COVID <laughs> and took it all away. <laughs> yeah, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah, for real. How how bad was it there with uh, with like the, the shutdowns and everything? Um. It was tough, you know, a lot of people um, have faced some hard times. Um, as with all these things, I think it's the unknown, it's the biggest thing. Um, a lot of people have had to change the way we work and the way that we do things. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a long two years. And, I mean, you know, you talk to different people who've faced it in different ways. I've got clients who it's been the best two years they've ever had. I've got yeah. clients who went under um it's been helping people to adapt to the online way of working and you know nobody knew what zoom was two years ago now it's my best friend and for real <laughs> yeah so you know i think it really is about your mindset and you know if you go into it with a positive mindset and right what can we do um i lost thirty thousand pounds worth of work in three days when lockdown set in so yeah, wow. you don't have a sulk. You sit there and you sulk and you think this is stupid. I hate the world, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then after a couple of days, you dust yourself off and you say, right, what we're going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to eat this week? And we, we come up with a new strategy, a new way of doing things. And in some ways it's been a fantastic kick up the backside for a lot of us, I think to, you know, to be able to speak to the rest of the world and get out there and meet more people and do more things online. So there's been some good sides of it. And yeah, there's been some bad sides, but as we as we say that that's life, isn't it? And we have to we just have to put up with whatever's there, and we find a way through. Exactly. See, you you said you said the key word. You know, it's all about about the mindset, and that kind of gets gets watered down because so many people say it. Like it's about the mindset, but it's true. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's no way around that. Like when when my gym got got shut down, I started the podcast and. Yeah. It's like, all right, so I'm here. I have to go here. Like, there's nothing I can do with that. But it's also about not being afraid to be bold. Because mm -hmm. almost almost every other gym in Rhode Island started doing free Zoom fitness classes. And I was like, I'm still going to charge for mine. Because uh, there, there, are, there are people with home gyms that still come to me. You know, yeah. so it's, it's like they're coming to me for accountability, you know, and for motivation and inspiration, like they're still going to get that. Yeah. So just the difference is we're just 
not like face to face live. Like we're on, a, we're through, through a screen, but we're still live. You still get me. You still get my high energy. I, I let them borrow equipment from the gym for the people that didn't have any. And I was able to stay afloat that way because so many gyms closed because they just started doing free, free classes. Like you still have to have money coming in. There's no worth to it either. So I find as a coach, yes. if you're doing free coaching for people, they don't take it seriously enough. There's no pain in it for them. Great. And I think you know the part of the cost is that it's the pain bit for you to take it seriously, to make sure that you, yes. you do it. If it's for free, it's it's a throwaway. Um, and, and there's nothing, you know, there's no buy-in from both sides on that. So I'm yes. with you. Free is not one of my favorite words, no. And so, so many people don't understand. And, and I can't even say it because, like, you know, I know now 12 years later. But when I first started, I grossly undercharged for my services. Because <laughs> and, and so many people get into that mindset. Well, if I just charge this, then they'll come to me because it's lower. And then what, once you realize people are like, um, how much do you charge for training? Like, uh, no thanks. Because then they think you're uneducated or you don't have any experience. Because people who look for it know the value. Like I'm sure if someone is seeking you out, they know this is this is a premium service. If this guy takes businesses from here to there, I'm not going to get that for 200 bucks or 200 pounds. You know, so it's not going to happen. I know my market. I know what they can afford and I work within that for them. So, yes. you know, when I speak to coaching clients, it's got to hurt a bit because yep. that's what that's what we need but it's yep. going to be affordable for you as well so it's finding that balance for people which i think is really important but you've got to believe in yourself and if you don't believe you're worth it why should anybody else uh, yep. and that the mindset again that you know the belief your belief in your product has got to be total and you've got to have a hundred percent belief in what you do and, and what you can do for other people and if they don't see that and they don't feel that then they're never going to buy you know that buy-in's never going to be there so yes. yeah like it's, it's so funny you said that because I'm working with my my 19 year old daughter, like just trying to get her in, in the sales. So I, I had a bunch of consultations yesterday at the gym and I had her sit in with me on them just so she can see the process. And and I told her, I was like, you know, when you're talking with people, you like, like you're always going to hear people say, be humble, be humble, be humble. I was like, but in that moment, you got to be the cockiest person in the room. It's like, it's like because, because I'm not going to give, like, if I was in a consultation with you and you told me, you know, I might be able to help you, you know, I'm okay in the community. Nope. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, so I tell them I am the one, like nobody else in this state can do what I can do. No one's going to care for you the way I care for you. And just write down, write down the list. And she saw a person after person joined in, you know, cause like you got to have that belief in yourself. Like I said in my teachable moment today, because so many people defeat themselves before they even try, you know, and that's, and especially in business, that's the kiss of death. Yeah. But all right. So, so let's talk about you for a little bit, then we'll get in, into, into the main topic. So how, how, how would you describe yourself? How would I describe me? Um, gosh, well, so do you know what? I'm, I'm quite an ordinary person. Um, I'm an introvert, which you might think is quite strange for somebody who stands on stage and does public speaking and goes and does seminars and, and training for people. But but I am. I have a close circle of friends who um, I'm very happy with. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a family guy. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a, I'm a father. Uh, and that's what's important to me. It, it's my life and, and being able to run my life in the way that I want, uh, which I really like. Um, I know I shouldn't say this to a physical trainer like you, but I'm quite a lazy person. So if I can find an easy way to do it, I will. Um, and that has its good and its bad points in business. Um, but I'm very emotionally aware of myself as well. So you know, through the emotional intelligence and resilience training that I've done, I know me. Um, and I know how to listen to what my body's telling me and to what my brain's telling me. And I know how to adapt and to work to that. Um, so, so over the, the sort of 10 or 12 years that I've been self-employed, I've really learned to um, be in control of the business the way I, and, and run it the way I want it to run for me. Yeah. Um, so it's not for me. It's not I'm not a money orientated person. I'm not out to make millions and millions. I love helping people. Uh, you know, that's my I get the buzz out of helping people and see other people grow. And so that's, you know, that's the heart of it for me is being able to help people and being able to have the time to spend with people the way I want to spend it. Um, and, that, and that's me, really. See, for me, that's 
that's what I don't want to say being rich because I'm definitely not rich, but I love the fact that I control my time. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I love because there there are people that are very very well off. Like case, case in point, I met Alicia Keys. I think it was like twelve years ago. The the uh, singer, and as we're waiting to meet her, her itinerary was taped on the wall, and um, when I tell you, every minute of her day was mapped out from six a.m. to bedtime at eleven thirty p.m. Every yep. single inch of her day, and I was like, <laughs> I would not want that at all. Nope. You know, that, nope. that just doesn't do it for, for me. If it works for her, God bless you. But that doesn't do it for me. I like that. I can go to all the things at my kids' schools. I can do personal things. Like, I like to hike. I like obstacle races. I'm still an athlete. And So that's, that's from my heart, a, a really deep gratitude story. And it really got me started on a path that led to where I am today. I love it. And that goes hand in hand with what Andrew was saying as well. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Mr. Milton, you are up. Oh, wow. Robert, hey, look here, man. It's bouncing around on his camera. I tried to get on my laptop. It's just all messed up. So <laughs> I had to sign in on my phone. So, hey, let me start off by saying, Robert, thank you so much for an amazing opportunity to, to be able to, to visit today. Fellow panelists, man, great opportunity to, to meet and greet you guys and hopefully, you know, learn something from this, uh, uh, you know, from this, this podcast. I'm loving the stories I've heard so far. So it's really amazing. But Robert, as you and I have actually visited in the past, my whole uh, messaging branding is uh, I'm the failure coach, right? So I'm the guy that likes to make failure fun. You know, failure is one of those things that most people don't even want to deal with, let alone understand. So, you know, uh, when I'm talking to folks, I often say that, you know, your attitude will determine your altitude. In the same way, I believe that your attitude determines your gratitude, right? So, uh, so gratitude story, dude, I've got multiple stories, but I'll try to share this one here real quickly is that the whole reason that, um, I talk about failure from a positive perspective in terms of changing your mindset to see failure as good as opposed to bad was simply because of an experience I had while I was in basic training, you know, prior to basic training, I had tons of failure, tons of failure, failed the kindergarten, failed the first grade, failed virtually every grade thereafter, failed out of six colleges and universities. That's how I ended up in the army. And people say, well, how did you fail out of six colleges and universities? Well, I don't know, but I managed, right? So I get into basic training, had a major failure at the weapons qualification range. I go back to the dorm at night, and I'm moping around uh, the dorm, and uh, a guy by the name of Sergeant First Class George Gaither comes to me, and he says, Private Milton, what's the problem here? And I shared the experiences I'd had throughout my life of failure. You know, coming in the Army, it's supposed to be all about being successful. Well, he says to me, he says, look, son, Failure is not the problem. It's how you respond to that failure. That's what's really the issue at hand, right? So from that day forward to this day present, I began to see failure in a whole different perspective, right? So had it not been for George Gaither, so in first class, one each, who went on to make first one, by the way, I would have never, ever come to understand and to see failure as the greatest resource that we all have on the planet. So it wasn't really ever about the failure. Right. It was about how I and we respond to failure, even to this day. So I've gone on and became reasonably successful, Robert, to uh, I mean, going on from what failing out of six colleges, earning four degrees, two masters, 17 hours toward a doctor, a full bird colonel. Right. Traveled the world extensively. (laughs) Kind of successful, kind of. Yeah, just, just a little bit, just a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. Right? And, uh, wrote my first book uh, last year. I was doing really well. I just completed an anthology with some folks and, and have started my second solo book. But I have a huge, huge admiration and gratitude toward uh, Sergeant First Class George Gaither because he propelled me from where I was to where I am today, you know, in terms of changing my mindset to see failure as good and not bad. Thanks, Robert. Love it. And thank you for your service, sir. Uh, thank you, sir. And we're going to another veteran, Sylvester Jenkins, the third. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Robert. And uh, so many phenomenal stories this far, man. I don't know how I can top anything that was brought to the table so far. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for sharing every one of your stories. was touching in a moment. Uh, for me, as far as gratitude, everybody under, uh, everybody remembers what happened on March 2020, right? So it was a significant moment for me outside of just the pandemic happening. I was transitioning from the military after 21 years of service. And with everything that was going on, 
when I transitioned from the military, you know, jobs were scarce. Nobody knew exactly what to do. Everybody was panicking all across the globe. And my wife, who was currently employed at the time as a mental health associate, uh, she went from getting her hours reduced to eventually getting relieved from her job. So neither one of us are employed. Um, the retirement payment just can pay for everything going on. So I faced financial hardship and just dealing with everything that I was diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety and depression. So you can just imagine the state that I was in during that time frame. So while we was in quarantine, it gave me an opportunity to reflect on everything that I experienced, had. It gave me an opportunity to really figure out who I was because I was no longer First Sergeant Jenkins. I was now Sylvester Jenkins. So it gave me an opportunity to really figure out who I was. And then at the same time, I got the opportunity to really be with my family. I went on five deployments, four to Iraq, one to Afghanistan. So I had constantly been separated from them. So for me to have the opportunity to really invest in my kids, to really develop a relationship with my wife and constantly grow in the area what need to be grip, uh, developed in as far as me as a civilian, as a person, as a husband, as a father. I was very grateful for that opportunity. So what I realized in going through all those things that having an attitude of gratitude increased my fortitude. It made me want to do more. It made me realize that 2020 wasn't the year of getting what you wanted. It was the year of actually appreciating what you had. So that's my story of gratitude. And that's uh, pretty much what I got to say. Love it. You can just end that with, with a period. <laughs> that was good stuff. All right. Bring it home. Round number one is Brandy. Thank you so much, Robert. And gosh, thank, thank you all for sharing your amazing stories. I just, I mean, I'm filled with gratitude just listening and a deep appreciation um, because it really does kind of lift you up when you hear somebody's success story and how they overcame something, right? Um, so pers my personal story is, you know, I was really, I, from the get-go, you know, I was kind of brought into a, a poor family and my parents kind of struggled with drug and alcohol addiction. And I was a really angry, rebellious teenager. Um, so for me, gratitude was like, there was not kind of any any understanding or you know because whenever whenever you're in a situation where you have a lot of emotion connected to your situation your circumstance uh there's shame there's blame there's unforgiveness there's anger gratitude is not even something you can grasp at it's just not even a concept so before I could even step into that emotion or that feeling, I really had to let go of all of those emotions that were barriers to my gratitude. And once I did, so many things opened up. And not only did I start to feel gratitude for my family, just anything, right? My family, my circumstance, just being alive. You know, for some of us, being alive is a triumph. Right. When you start at the bottom, there's only one direction to go go to. And that's up. Right. Yep. So personally, like I, you know, the gratitude journey for me was more about letting go of what was in the way of my gratitude. Once that happened, even my family changed. Right. So even my family started to get into recovery. Things started to change. And it was it. I, I call it the ripple effect. You know, there's everything's made of vibrations and frequencies. And so once you shift your own vibrational frequency, everything around you starts to move and change. And that is such a beautiful thing. And all it takes is that choice, that decision, that one move on the chessboard to say, ah, I think I'm going to go in a different direction. Right. So that's I'm, I'm grateful every single day, every single moment for everything that I, that I have now versus what I didn't have before. So thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you listening awesome. and taking the time. Great story. See, and that's where I wanted Katie, because you and Katie speak the same language. She's all about energy, frequency. But her, her publicist emailed me. She, she's working on, on a major TV show right now. And I guess... Uh, 
her her need was urgent, so she she's not going to be able to join us. It sucks because, like I said, you guys all would have bounced very well off, off of each other. But that's all right. The six of us are going to rock it, damn it. Move onward and upward, and we'll get her in on the next one. All right. So the tie-in from what everyone else said, you know. So I I don't want pe people to, to some people use gratitude as an excuse, as an excuse to not move forward. Right. And that's just one thing that I want to clarify. And people say, oh, you know, I have enough. I'm thankful. For, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm like, yeah, but are you fulfilled? You know, it's like, are you fulfilled? Because if you're not fulfilled, then you then you're really not appreciating everything that that you have. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Right. So it's like, OK, yes, I like my house. I like my car. I like I like what I do, but I want to be making more of an impact. So it's like, yeah, it's like I'm satisfied. I'm sort of fulfilled, but I'm not fully fulfilled. You know, like there are other things out there that I need to do. And so we go back to my knee injury, you know, where I hurt myself. You know, I, I was told. These two guys were right in the heart of the story. They didn't really know what was going on. Mm. They didn't really understand what was happening around them. And that's what happens to people in business. When you're running your own business and you're in it all the time, you just lose sight of the things that are going on around it and, and, and other things that are happening. So part of my role is to just give you time to step back and, and look in and see what's happening and understand the environments and how other environments are affecting what's happening with you. Yes. Yeah. So before COVID started, there, there was a gym near. So it's like, all right, do I go for it? Like, do I not go for it? And I always say there's a fine line between badass and dumbass, right? There is a very, very fine line. And that's that's where courage comes into play, right? So gratitude paired with courage equals you reaching whatever your goal is. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a comeback. And so it was the 2016 transplant game. So where transplant donors, transplant recipients, and deceased donor families come together in an in Olympic-style competition. And so I was like, you know what? That's going to be my, my comeback story right there. And for, for the high jump, I didn't, I didn't have any, any real goals. I said, I just need to get out there, just make opening height, and then the comeback is complete. And I ended up winning. Like, I wasn't planning on winning, but I ended up winning. Like, not even in my age bracket. I was in a 40 to 44 age bracket. I beat everybody. <laughs> I beat everybody. So what did that do for my confidence? It shot it right through through the roof. And so now we're into 2021. I haven't lost since I got back on the track. <laughs> it's like I haven't lost. But if I wasn't if I wasn't ready to face that fear, that whole what if, it would have never come full circle. Because think about it, that totally completes the story. So if I go and I speak at at some place where people are recovering from from injuries, now I can paint the entire picture. It'll be one thing if I got hurt and now I can never do do it again. That that's not inspirational. But in order to to be able to tell that story, I had to get out there and face the fear. You know. So as we're moving into the second round, well, I want to that we do, and we just keep doing the same things. And and so we just miss opportunities. And, and sometimes, you know, I think that's where it helps to be able to be in more control and to have more confidence in yourself. You pick up on things more. You listen better to what people are asking. Is in answering that question, I've done that in so many instances. It's hard to even pinpoint one. And I, I think it's it's really important, even beyond the description of what I did or what anyone does, is to understand what's going on in the background, because <laughs> you just spoke about a fine line. You're walking a tightrope. Score, <laughs> you know, like, like you, you just won't. And I found as a restaurant manager, like I, I'd be going in, and it's like, all right, who called out today? What are we out of today? It's like you, you just come in with that mindset that I'm going to be putting out fires all day today. You know, instead of but there's a fear in trying and failing and having to face that reality. And I think you know a key of it is being willing to to say, listen. I'm, and again, obviously I talk in the context of law of attraction, the universe, my attitude when I'm trying something and my attitude when I'm engaging in gratitude methods and processes, visualization, things of that nature is I have an open-ended invitation for the universe to pleasantly surprise me. And simultaneously, I have the understanding that it might not be the universe, you know, spoon feeding a person or circumstance. 
it might give me an inspired idea and then it's on me to take physical action in this tangible reality. So, yes. and, and like, again, nothing is popping into mind. I mean, I would say this, writing my book, so I'm hesitant to say that because now it's just like I'm, I'm plugging my book, but I will say this, it's got a very bold title, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. When you've got not even hundreds, but literally like a thousand books about law of attraction, to put a title out like that is a very ambitious endeavor but I didn't want to, I didn't want to just write another book and then have it out there. Like if I was going to write a book in this market, it had to say something new and hopefully it had to shift paradigms where other ones weren't before. So in terms of facing fear, I had to be saying, listen, I've got to somehow meet this promise because if not, I'll get killed in reviews yeah. and I've got to be willing to put myself out there. And um, the only thing I can say is I had the attitude of anything's possible. I'm giving my all because I know when I give my all, that's when good things happen. That's when results that you want come faster versus trying to force them. And that's when they happen better than you ever could have imagined. So I'm hoping that that kind of serves as a, a really useful answer. It's all about being willing to go out there and being grateful no matter what happens. Love it. Uh, who's next? Dave, you're up. Well, uh, in terms of gratitude, part of it, we, we're all talking about a lot of gratitude for things that were given to us. And I think for me, at least at this stage in my life, part of my gratitude has to be, all right, how am I going to give back? You know, how am I going to take the blessings I've been blessed with and find ways to then spread that around and bless other people? And I have done that for many years, hopefully. Uh, well, I know I have through my music because of the wonderful feedback I've gotten. There are people that don't even know me, don't know anything about me, but write me letters or notes that say how much my music has touched their life. And that's the title of my book, Touched by the Music. But it came from all of those. But in terms of giving back, whether it's financially, whether establishing scholarships at universities, which my wife and I have been blessed to do to two or three uh, endowed scholarships, and to, or to just basically when somebody calls with a, a need for something, I send them a book I, and how much do they owe you? You don't owe me a thing. Just I send them the book or whatever. But, uh, or if it's somebody in need, my wife has a book on Alzheimer's. Well, I sent one today to a family who's dealing with Alzheimer's and it was, it was written and we published the book just for that purpose. So I think part of our journey has to be about acknowledging the gifts that we're given and be grateful for them, but also to be willing to spread that gratitude to other people through every person that you meet, whether it's just an, a, a chance encounter on somebody at the grocery store or at the, at the counter at the fast food place or whatever, make a new friend. And lo and behold, I, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of what I call God winks where somebody walked mm -hmm. into my life and it could not have been an accident because they ended up, we ended up having a really great relationship as a friend or a colleague or whatever. And so just be open to sharing your gratitude and as well as being receiving it. So I think those two things go hand in hand. All right. Give me a quick answer. How surreal is it that you went from not not being able to afford college to now being able to give out scholarships to other people? Well, it really is. It's very, I get kind of quite emotional thinking about it sometimes because there were so many people along that way that they had no idea of their impact on my life. And in fact, I acknowledged one of those people in one of our scholarships. He was, his name is Stan Johnson and Elizabeth and lives in Elizabethton, Tennessee. He was my math teacher and my boss actually when I worked in the computer center. And his impact on my life was so great that I wanted to honor him and acknowledge the, the contribution that he made to my life. So I, I put a, a large part of our description of our uh, endowed scholarship to him. And uh, he was very touched by that act on my part. He's 90 some years old now, but still a wonderful yeah. person and a dear friend. But uh, it's it's kind of surreal to realize when I look back, you know, we we had powdered milk to drink. I don't know any of you have ever had that, but we couldn't yep. even afford real milk. <laughs> and when I went up and worked in the chicken house up the street so we could I could bring eggs and, and chickens home to eat. So, you know, when you come from that kind of a background, hopefully you'll never forget where you came from yeah. and be able to give back not only to that community, to, but to anybody that you come across in your life. Love it, Dave. That's awesome. All right, George, you're up. 
Oh, oh, powerful stories, guys. Hey, look, I, my internet keeps dropping in and out. I'm not really sure why, but I'm going to go ahead and try to uh, see this real quickly before it drops off again. But let me start off by saying, hey, Sylvester, thank you for your service to our nation, man. Uh, well done when you're on behalf of your family or house feed. I salute you. Yeah, look, let me talk about failure for a moment. Remember, I'm the failure coach, right? So failure has got to be fun. We need to learn how to make it fun, guys. I mean, failure is just as much fun as it is success if you change that mindset. So let's talk about changing a mindset when it comes to to fear of failure. See, most people have been taught what? Oh, they fear of failure. Here's what I think. Throughout my research and throughout my life and throughout the times and the things that I'm trying to do here, here's what I believe, right? I don't think people fear failure at all. And why do I say that? Because they know that they're not going to always accomplish everything by which they do, right? So what has actually happened, though, they've heard that they're supposed to fear failure. So therefore, they say, what? I fear failure. Here's what I think is actually happening. It's not the failure that they fear, but the stigma associated with the failure. That's what they're really afraid of, isn't it? Because when you fail, now you have this stigma associated with us that says, what? You're not any good. You're not worth this. You're not worth that. You'll never be whatever. You come from a poor environment, so therefore, you should be. No, I, look, I tell you, I, I identify with you, sir, quite intensely. Same type of background, right? East rural Texas. Yeah, I know what powdered milk is. You better believe I do. So a lot of the kinds of things that, uh, that we're shown and that we see is that we expect for ourselves, uh, you know, to think that way because it's just an expectation. So oftentimes people will say that they fear failure. And if they really thought about it, I really think it's the stigma associated with it. And in the Army, we have all these acronyms, in the military in general, right? So I came up with this, this acronym regarding the, uh, the stigma piece. And it's, really, it's simply this, right? It's shameful thoughts I give myself anxiously. That's what stigma is, isn't it? Shameful thoughts I give myself anxiously. So when people go out and they fail, right, it's really the stigma. So we really need to change our mindsets to see you know, the failure that we experience as that, man, that awesome opportunity to get better, to get stronger, to learn from those past experiences, to move from where we are to where we're supposed to be. Robert, you and I both are high jumpers, right? So yeah. I totally identify with who, uh, you know, with what you're saying. How many times have we gone and attempted the bar, right? And wonder whether or not we're going to actually get over it. Interesting enough is that oftentimes we say what we're fearful of going and not accomplishing that task. And if we really think about it, it's really it's really not the fear of jumping. Otherwise, we wouldn't jump at all. But we're worried about whether or not we clear that bar. Right. If we clear the bar, then who up? Great stuff. <laughs> if we don't clear the bar, now we're worried about the stigma associated with not clearing the bar. So it's really the stigma, not necessarily the fear of failure. Thanks, Robert. Love it. Awesome. All right. So, uh, Absolutely. Thank you for your service as well, George. Uh, for me, I go back to that, uh, that attitude of gratitude increases your fortitude. So for me, for about the first eight years of my military career, I considered myself to be a follower that transitioned into a manager. I didn't consider myself to be a leader at all. There's a huge difference between the two, but that's another story. But, uh, in the process of going along that journey, it wasn't until my third deployment to Iraq that I realized the obligation that had been bestowed upon me. And as we get ready to board the plane and we get that last hour to spend with our family, one of my soldiers introduced me to his family, like his literally his whole family, his wife, his kids, his mother, his father and his mother uh, and his mother. And as we're standing there talking, he just speaking so highly about me, about everything that I was able to influence him and impact him in some type of way. And it just gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a sense of work, you know, and uh, his mother pulled me to the side and she said, thank you. And please bring my son back home safe for her to share that with me to like bestow her obligations as a parent onto me. It really gave me a sense of like, man, you ain't got nothing to do but just react. I had so much self-doubt. I had so much uh inner critic going on. I had that fear that I couldn't do it, that I wasn't capable of being a leader. I really found myself in a position where I was holding myself back from fulfilling the obligations and requirement that I was capable of doing. But it was just about that stigma of me failing if I wasn't able to bring this person back, if I wasn't able to lead these soldiers where they needed to do and train them and, and teach them how to go. I was just going with the motions of everything that was going on. 
But by having that sense of, of gratitude just gave me the fortitude, the, the tenacity, the, uh, you know, the, the don't quit. Uh, I, the soldier creed pop up in my head. I will never set the feet. I will never quit. When that popped up in my, it, it just resonated with me so much to the point that I knew I had to make it happen. I knew I had to bring the soldier back. I knew I had to fulfill my obligations as a leader. I knew I had to take charge and do what I had to do in order to come back. So that was an opportunity where I had to look fear in his eyes and say, you will not get the best of me. I'm going to take charge of this organization and we're going to make things happen and we're going to come back home safe. So that's uh, uh, an opportunity for me where gratitude and me having to step up to the plate and have to put in that courage. Love it, man. Powerful stuff. Love it. Brandy, bring us home. Well, yeah, so everybody's really touching on the same kind of thing. And I have a story to go along with that in regards to fear. And so probably eight, nine years ago, I met a man who I developed a very close friendship with. And I, I just found him very valuable to have in my life. And we connected on a more intimate way and, and had a relationship. But after a while, what I started to realize was that um, it, he wasn't my kind of forever person, you know, he wasn't the person that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. However, I met someone through him that was, and what I had to do was tell this person that I really thought was a valuable person in my life that I wanted to kind of get to know someone better that he met, that he introduced me to. Well, that didn't sit well with him, not at all. And so he was very angry, not, not happy with that. And I saw the relationship kind of falling apart before my eyes. I knew I was going to lose this person, not only as a partner, but also as a friend. And that scared me. That, that brought up a lot of fear in me because I really found him valuable in my life. But when I replaced the fear of loss, kind of like with your dad, you know, kind of like Sylvester, kind of like George, like when you replace the fear of what you're not going to have, what's not working or whatever, with gratitude, what are the gains instead of the losses of this interaction and this relationship or this experience, everything changes, right? So not only what did I shift that and just put my gratitude in the place of fear, but I developed a sense of, wow, this is bigger than just this little bitty experience here. This is like something that can change my life. And while I did lose the friendship and the relationship in that person, I gained a husband. So, <laughs> so in that way, it was totally worth it, 100%. But at the same time, every time I think of that person in my life now, I think, wow, I'm so grateful for him. And because he came into my life, I have... A loving family now. I had a, I have a four year old girl now. I have a supportive, healthy relationship in my husband, and I think if we can practice that more often, what are the gains instead of the losses from this experience or this person or this relationship? It just changes everything. Yes, absolutely. See, that goes back to what I was saying about finding the teachable moments. Like that that person served this purpose. You know, like when you actually step back and you look at it, he served his purpose. There was. There was um, a woman I went to high school with. I, I hadn't seen her in decades. And so now I donated, donated a kidney to my sister in 2011. So I think this was 2014, I want to say. She saw something I posted online about, about my sister. And her brother had gone into kidney failure. And she was in testing to, do to donate the kidney to, to him. So she, she ended up joining my gym. And, you know, I'm talking to her about the process, what I went through, you know, the recovery, was I scared at all? And so we went through, through that whole process and she got the sur surgery done. And then she moved to, I think she's in North, North Carolina, I want to say. <laughs> you know, so, so it's like she came back in for that moment, you know, and then it's like, you know, we'll, we'll say hi here and there, but that was the moment. So it, it was, she was placed back with me to help get through that moment to save her brother. And then that moment has moved on, you know? So like some people would take that as, oh, well, they just used me for blah, blah, blah. I was like, but just think about that. In their moment of need, they thought of you. <laughs> I was like, so many people take that as such a negative thing. They're like, oh, they only called me because they, they needed fitness advice. Okay, good, they needed fitness advice. I'm not the only trainer on earth. 
and they thought of me. It's like, I'm actually thankful that they thought of me, you know? So I want to close out round two by saying, once we realize that life is so much bigger than you, <laughs> you know, and that's why I can talk about my, 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 you know, my dad's passing because he went the way he wanted to, like, he didn't want to be a hundred years old and having a walker and having oxygen. And, and I'm not dissing anyone that's in that position, but he said it. I mean, God, I remember in his, in his forties, in his fifties, in his sixties, in his seventies, he always said when he can't build anymore, that's when his time on this earth, earth is done. And the last thing he did before going to the hospital was he and my son fixed my mom's car. He went to the hospital the next day to have a very, a very risky surgery because he was in stage four heart failure. So we knew we were going to lose him at some point. But if this surgery was successful, we could get two to five more, more years. And, and he didn't hesitate when we were in the family meeting. He's like, do it. And, you know, my mom's like, are you sure? He's like, I heard what he said. <laughs> He's like, do it. <laughs> and so, so we went ahead with it. And, you know, there were, there were complications. He went into a coma and we, and we lost him. But, but the thing is, is like where the gratitude kicks in was that they were able to unsedate him enough to where he was coherent. Like he had tubes all in his throat and stuff. So like we couldn't talk, but he could shake his head. Yes, he could shake his head. No. And so like my mom's asking him, are you in pain? And he's like, no. Well, first, can you hear me? He's like, yes. Like, are you in pain? He's like, he's like, no. And they had a conversation before the surgery that if it got to a point to where we had to end care, like he, he gave her the green light. He's like, don't hesitate. And so in his final moments, I'm going to get emotional again. But like my mom takes out her phone and she played their song. And so she's rubbing his head and she's singing this song to him. There were three generations of us that were there. So it was his his wife, it was his kids, grandkids, right? So there were three generations there. And we all got to say goodbye, tell him we love him, you know, tell him how much he meant to us. And then, you know, they ended care and then, then we watched him move on. And But there were people that just get a phone call, hey, so-and-so passed away. And they're just like smacked in the face with a frying pan with that news. And so like where I could be thankful was that we got to have that moment. Fast forward, like, um, I don't, I think it was Sylvester who mentioned March of 2020. Like, fast forward, say he, say he survived five more months. He would have been alone, <laughs> you know? Like, we wouldn't have been able to have a funeral for him. Like, we wouldn't have been able to have that last moment of saying goodbye with him. So we, we would have been robbed of that moment. He would have been robbed of that ending. Let me tell you, I'm jealous of that ending. You know what I mean? So, like, when my time comes, I hope I can have my kids and my grandkids and hopefully great grandkids around to, to have that, that final goodbye. So like I can sit back and be, and be thankful that we were able to have that moment and that he was able to have that moment. You know how many people died alone last year? You know what I mean? So I, I look at it that way and I can talk about it, you know, from a place of gratitude. All right. So we're going to get right, ready to bring it home. All right, so Andrew, this is your moment. You got five minutes to shine. Whatever you want, want to share, whatever you want to pitch, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Floor is yours. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll start this before seeing how people get in touch. Really quick, I just want to shine a spotlight for people watching because the message of gratitude here. <clears throat> Without trying to be a sob story, everybody on this panel communicated hardship, but also <clears throat> in their own way, everybody on this panel is thriving and enjoying life. So I just want to shine a spotlight on, on the wonderful example that everyone's here in hopes that viewers will really connect like, wow, for, through all the challenges, trials and tribulations, people are using gratitude. They're using their approach or using their mindset in order to make sure that this life is not wasted. Having the right perspective on how things play out and the timing of things, having the right understanding of people being in their life, not being in their life. Uh, challenges, and again, thank you, George and Sylvester for your service. Challenges in, in those areas. like. <laughs> really amazing. So I just wanted to shine a, a spotlight on that. Um, this inspires me today. And I wonder how I'm going to implement this and stuff that I do. Like, for example, again, to say what I do, I, I've got a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. Um, it's basically <laughs> all in support of, of the law of attraction content I teach. And um, if anyone wants to check out the book, they can simply go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. 
which will auto forward to the listing on Amazon. It's audiobook, it's print, it's Kindle, it's it's anything you want. But uh, again, Robert, I'm just like, thank you for for having me here. Thank you for and I mean, we didn't know I didn't know it was going to be this kind of day. But like, what a significant day! I I really truly feel honored and privileged that you would invite me on the panel today on on such a significant moment for you. So so thank you to you. Thank you for everyone on the panel. And, and thanks to everyone that's watching today. Um, if you're watching this today, it means that you are on a path to something better. And that doesn't mean that you're not already on an awesome path. It just means please be grateful because that will help invite more into your life faster, easier, better, in a more vibrant, more fulfilling way. So just want to say thank you to everyone. I really appreciate you being here. Love it. And I just want to piggyback on your words re really quickly because opportunities are all around us. But when you're looking at life through a lens of gratitude, you're able to see them, you know. So yes. just to just to add that that extra bit to what you you just said, because that's the problem when when we when people are wallowing in the stresses and the struggles of life, you got the opportunity right here saying, "Bing, bing, bing, I'm right here." But you're so focused in the struggle that you don't see it. Yeah, and it's not to say that those struggles are not important or significant. It's just to yeah. say, what can you do constructively about it? given the fact that they are significant. Yeah. Why allow yourself to be stuck down one path when you can strategically go down another that <laughs> you will enjoy your life so much more? Yep, so so true. Well, thank you again for joining us. And I know I know you gotta ha have a hard out, so I just wanted to take, take the time and say thank you. I'm sure, I don't wanna speak for the others, but I'm sure everyone took something away from, from your time being here. And as always, I'm sure we're gonna cross paths again. Please uh, reach out anytime, Robert. So grateful to know you and grateful to be connected with everyone else today. Awesome, man. Thank you. Right. Dave, you're up. Well, I, I would echo what Andrew just said, that I feel so honored to be amongst this panel today and, and honored that you would even think to invite me to be part of this, that uh, this is a real honor. And as you and our first uh, get together. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that, that particular podcast. It was just, a. I told my wife, I said, well, this guy, Robert and I, we could have gone on for three or four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could it, was, it was a delight, but uh, I just want to uh, say a message to those that are watching hopefully and, and have gotten the message out of all this uh, attitude of gratitude discussion and so forth. And, and I want to encourage people to, you know, look into these folks books, you know, they've, we've, they've said their things today, kind of a, in a, a, a capsule, but you need to probably dive deeper into what they're saying in their, their books. They've, they've spent lots of hours of time putting their thoughts and their messages down in writing. And so it's worth following up on, on those. And, and that was my purpose in writing my book. Uh, the, uh, touched by the music book was I wanted to make sure that these encouraging and inspiring stories, which I've told for years, you know, and you, you know, when you get invited to speak or whatever, you tell all these stories and people said, well, you all write a book. Well, I did finally. So, but those stories hopefully resonate with somebody and will provide them. And maybe just that, you know, like George, like, like that one message you got from one person that changed your life. You know, and all, I think about all of us can probably look back to one person or one message, one teacher, one friend or something that had such a strong influence on your life that really made you stop and think, oh, well, I need to go in this direction instead of that direction. And so I'm hoping that what I'm saying in my book with some of these stories will do the same thing. And I know that uh, I, I hope that if if anybody reads my book and doesn't go listen to the music of Rachel's song, there must be something wrong with you because I think <laughs> the curiosity surely will kick in and say, well, what does this song actually sound like? But it is a song with no words. So it, it can be heard by anybody in any language, any country. And for some reason, this song reaches into the deeply into the souls of people that hear it. And I've got over 50,000 letters from people all over the world telling me how my music has touched their life. In many cases, uh, one person was actually in a in an iron lung and he wrote me a, a little tiny little note. It was only about two sentences. And he said, uh, I listened to your music to drown out the, the thumping and whatever of the pump that, that makes, that allows me to breathe. And he said, your music brought me back to life twice. 
So, you know, when I get a letter, a note like that, I, I cannot ignore the inspirational aspect of my music and the need to get it out to more and more people. And I'm not just trying to sell my music or whatever. I really feel strongly that God gave me this song, Rachel's song for a reason. And he wants my, the rest of my job, since he gave it to me, he wasn't finished with me. He says, all right, now your job is to get that message and that song out to all the people that need to hear it. And so I would encourage people to go. You can go, first of all, you can go to my website, which is a good place to start, but it's just combsmusic.com, C-O-M-B-S-music.com. And there you'll find links that if you, if you click on my book, it'll take you right over to Amazon where you can buy the book. Or if you click on my the CD cover, it'll take you right over to where you can see how to buy the, the CD if you if you still have a CD player. But and most people can go on, you know, iTunes or Amazon.com and, and download the songs. Or you can go on Spotify and say, you know, hey, so and so play Dave Combs music or play Rachel's song. And sure enough, it'll start playing my song. So uh, I just want to encourage people to go to go to my YouTube channel. It's called Combs Music is my channel name. C-O-M-B-S-M-U-S-I-C all run together. But I have tons of videos because I'm also a photographer. I love beautiful pictures of flowers and scenery and landscapes. And I've taken my photography and my music and married them together and made a lot of music videos with my music in the background. And the scenery is just spectacular. So go there and, and spend some time on YouTube and enjoy the, the, the scenery and the music as well. And um, it's just, uh, I'm just feel so honored that during this last year, I got off my duff and wrote this book and now I see what it's doing and I'm without a whole lot of advertising except on podcasts like this, the book has become a, a, a top seller on Amazon and continues to do well. So I, I think there's a message there for me and for other people that, Maybe I did the right thing, and I would just encourage you to uh, to, to do that. And, and by the way, if anybody buys my book and wants an autographed copy, all you have to do is send me an email at dave at combsmusic.com and your name, and I will mail to you a specially printed plate that you can stick inside the front cover of your book. And I'll write you a message to so-and-so and give you a little message and sign it and date it. And so just all I need is your name and is where, to, where do I mail it to? And you don't have to send me the book. Just, just send me your name and address and I'll send it back to you. So that's and because I've had a lot of people say, wow, I've got about 10 people I want to give this book to for Christmas or for the holidays. And so that works for me. Just send me the 10 names. I'll do all 10 of them, mail it back to you. and Off you go. You've got your 10 gifts already prepared for Christmas. So anyway, it's. Robert, it's been a pleasure to be on here with all these fine folks, and uh, it's hopefully an inspirational day, and we are all grateful to you for all you do for all of us and all of mankind. Thank you. Pre appreciate that. Before we go we go to George, uh, so I just want to piggyback off of something that Dave just said about, you know, well, maybe I am doing the right thing. So I got, I got a, a postcard here where someone says, you know, thank you for all that you do. Because of you, life is better in so many ways for so many people. Mm. You know, and it's like in hearing hearing things like that, where it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta respond to all these emails. Or, oh, I gotta call all these people. It's like just the grind that you go through on a daily basis. It's to get feedback like that. You know, that's what it's all about. So if you got something in your heart that can help other people, don't hesitate. Just get it started doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to start. It's like every day, every week, I'm tweaking different things within this podcast. Like from when I had Brandy on 120 episodes ago, it, things are flowing so much differently now than it, was, than it was back then. That doesn't mean your episode was any less powerful, but it just means that, you know, we're learning and growing with each, even from when I had George on, which was like probably 40 episodes ago. Things are still different now, like always learning, evolving and growing because we're, we're, we're touching so many people in so many di different ways. Like I'm ranked in the top 20 for podcasts in Indonesia. <laughs> you know, in Indonesia, like who would have thought <laughs> and I'm ranking in Indonesia, in France, in India, in China. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, <laughs> absolutely unreal. So it's all about just getting started. 
All right, George, you're up. Wow, what an amazing story, uh, Robert. Hey, look, let me echo uh, what some of the other folks have actually said. Thank you for this amazing opportunity, Robert. Thank you for showing wisdom and leadership to be able to pull folks like this together. I don't believe in accidents, man. That's just not the way it is. I believe you know, our lives are definitely orchestrated. And there are folks within the listening audience, man. I'm grateful to them for, for, for plugging in, and I'm hoping that they'll take some of these nuggets of wisdom by which these people's lives have actually I'm actually showing. So, um, you know, I'm reminded of who was it? it was Denzel Washington, right? You, you know, he said that um, um, people are always focused on his success. And, you know, he's been asked multiple times. I mean, hey, how did you become so successful? He says, well, you know, I did some some basic things. He says that, you know, the first thing that you've got to believe that you can become successful. A lot of people don't believe it. They just they say it, but they don't really believe it. Right. So we've gotten used to just just listening and and mouthing what other people say but he says look first thing you got to do is you got to believe it right he said the second thing that you got to do you got to focus i mean it's like laser light focus not just say look you know name and claim it sort of thing but focus on the kinds of things that it requires for you to become successful you must believe you must focus then he says that you know look even if i'm a, a perfect world right the, the kinds of things that you have to do i mean you have to work hard I mean, you really have to really, really work hard. And for me, that fourth nugget, right, no matter whether you have, you know, uh, the perfect faith, the perfect life, or whatever the case may be, you can believe, you can work hard, you can focus, but you still got to fail. In order to become successful, mm -hmm. you must walk through the doorway of failure. Not going to happen any other way, right? So if that is indeed the case, let's have fun doing it. Let's learn right in the process see it's not always about win 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 there's no such thing as win 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 right because at some point you're going to fail but it's not the failure that matters it's how we respond to that failure i come up with a formula the formula is simply this f plus rr equals s for those military-minded people that's foxtrot plus romeo romeo equals sierra that's failure plus right response equals what success so failure is really the greatest resource man we have on the planet trust me dude look i am usually i should have a phd in failure <laughs> because but in that failure man i have learned so much bill gates oprah winfrey right elon musk thomas has all said this they learned way more from their failures than they ever did from their successes this is who we are as a people the problem is that when it comes to the failure thing, we've been inundated with this negativity, right? And that is not the way in which it was designed to be, in my view. If you change that mindset to see failure for what it could be, man, you can go from where you are to where you're supposed to be. If you want to get a hold of my book, you can go to Amazon. The title of the book is Failure is Not the Problem. It's the beginning of your success. That's uh, Amazon. My website, Robert, is www.georgemilton.com com www.georgeamilton.com. Thank you again, my friend, for this amazing opportunity uh, to, to visit with you, to meet some high-speed panelists. I've taken copious notes. I'm going to be reaching out, man, and getting some of their, uh, their material and just learning even more from this. But again, thanks, everyone, for this opportunity. My pleasure, George. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I love that. You know, what pe people don't understand about failure, that's where experience comes from. Having experience means you've made all the mistakes already or most of the mistakes already because no, nobody makes all of them. But that's how, how you get experience. Then just like how, like I said earlier, that's how you get courage. Like you, you can't have courage without the presence of fear. <laughs> and I was like, that's what makes it courageous. <laughs> it's like I'm scared like crazy, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, yeah. so the two go hand in hand. All right, Brandy, you ready? Oh, I'm sorry, Sylvester. Yeah. I, I, lied. I lied, Sylvester, my bad. <laughs> I saw that look on your face. I'm like, uh. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Robert, for the opportunity again. It's phenomenal to be out here with all everybody that's on the on the panel currently right now. Uh, for me, uh, you can go to my website at SylvesterJenkins.com. Uh, when you go into this website, you will also have the opportunity to download a free ebook on nine ways to develop mental toughness. Uh, also, you can go on uh, Amazon and and uh, see my book, Winning the Battle Within, because you can't win the war in the world if you can't win the battle on your mind. So what I do, I'm an author, professional speaker and mental health advocate. I help lives to thrive instead of survive. Uh, what I do, I help the next generation to become resilient leaders that triumph in life. So if you ever 
are looking for a speaker or just want to know more about me, just go to my website. You can find out more about me. And I'd love to hear from anybody who is interested in what I do. Uh, thank you again to all the panelists. I feel like I can connect with each and every one of you some type of way. Dave, I'm in the middle Tennessee area, so I can relate. I know where you're from. George, again, thank you for your service. And uh, I salute you and everything that you're doing currently. Brandy, hey, I went down that dark path for dealing with relationships. And I love what you're doing as far as bringing other people's life. So I appreciate every each and every one of you. Robert, it's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you again for just allowing me this opportunity. It's really humbling, especially on the day of your father's passing. So I greatly, greatly appreciate you and my condolences to you and your family. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. And a lot. Yeah, no, this, it was such a hard decision because like I told you guys backstage, I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I got to move the date. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, nope, the universe said, uh-uh, you're busy that day. You're going to go back here and you're going to do what you train other people to do is the face being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, like, I keep talking about about people finding finding the powerful moments, finding the teachable moments, and just embracing it. And so, again, thank you all for for joining me on this day. But we got one more, Brandy. It's on you. Thank you so much, Robert. Gosh, thanks all of you. I, we're gonna walk away today just feeling amazing with all this gratitude being thrown our way, aren't we? So, how cool. Maybe we should do this at least once a week. I don't know, Robert. We'll have to think about that. Okay. Um, so, and you know, thank you so much for sharing that about your father and being to, being able to step to your edge of uncomfortability because without without feeling uncomfortable, we can't grow. Like that's, that's the truth, right? So I really appreciate you for sharing that with your dad. And, and I got to tell you, I, I love your dad's energy. You know, I get, I get information and energy from photographs and just looking at your dad's photographs, I have to tell you, you know, I could definitely feel that he was just so grounded in who he was and what he was oh, here yeah. to do. And then passing that on to you, what a gift, what an incredible gift. So thank you for sharing that with us is really, really special. And thanks all of you for, for all you've contributed today. It's been amazing being here and experiencing this with all of you. And George, what you said is so encouraging to me because I fail a lot, like a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I really appreciate the encouraging words me about too. failure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm definitely going to reach out to all of you because uh, I have an internet TV podcast called Beyond the Edge. I'm the host for that. And I have a co amazing co-host.